the world is full of wonders. Magic is hidden in small moments. And monsters could be hiding just out of sight. But if you're looking to find them, adventure is waiting to happen. You never know who you'll meet along the way. We are the Storyteller Squad. Hello, adventurers. Welcome back to the Storyteller Squad. Thanks for joining us for more Monster of the Week. Before we begin, let's check in with those heroes. Ugh. What did I say about sand? <laughs> I'm Hugo Rashad. You're looking at the man in the mirror. It's Agent Whitaker. I thought I would have so much more time to keep thinking, and then both of you just pulled out the one-liner. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it so much harder to think of anything. Sometimes all you need is a good beach day. I'm Raven Eugenia. I swear by Leviathan's salty tits, I will never let Whitaker beat me at volleyball again because I am Damian Angelo Edgecrest. I just really don't know why he assumed I would think love was not a British thing. Cheers, love. I'm Felicity Starnbrook. I need a nap. I'm Aiden Brightwood. Let's have an adventure. Last time, our heroes had fled the Hodag's home after their confrontation with the Eastie Agency strike team. As they drove away, checking everyone's injuries, making sure no one was worse for wear, it got late and Aiden grew tired. And when everyone woke up, including her, Damien had redirected the Whitaker trailer and truck to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, specifically Bradford Beach and Lake Park, where he suggested that everyone rest, recoup, and have a little bit of fun to keep their spirits up. And so we had a beach episode. There was shopping. There was food to be found as Damien reconnected with some characters from his past. Ellie Hicks, the owner of Hicks Fix, the food truck, and her new employee, Brad. Some conversations were had on the beach. Some games were played. Whitaker performed some big magic with Hugo and Damien to check up on our favorite NPC, Prithi Devon. Things seemed dire until we realized the only threat to Prithi is Prithi themselves and perhaps their nightlife lifestyle. Aiden experienced a nightmare and had a dream interaction with the strange forest spirit that has visited and spoken to Felicity several times, and an ominous figure whom she referred to as Biels. And that's essentially where we left off. So we can pick up right there, or a few hours later, or perhaps the next morning. But our hunters are still in Milwaukee and need to decide what they're going to do next. So hunters, what do you do next? We were going to find a nightclub in the city, right? Oh, I didn't think we were going to stay in the city any longer. I thought we were going to go there because it was super fun and exciting. This is what I remember. Is that what you remember or is that what you want? Listen, I know like two hours ago feels like a week ago, but 
but I was hoping your memory would be better than that. Yeah, well, last time we went dancing feels like way longer than either of those two time periods. So that's where my head's at. <laughs> I will go with whatever the group has in mind, but uh, that was my vote. Didn't we just finish dancing like a car driver go? I'm not keen on staying in a town for any longer than 24 hours tops right now. I just don't think it's safe with the situation we've put ourselves in. If you all want to celebrate a bit after a bit of a victory we had, I suppose I won't stop you, but we will have a deadline and a time limit, and we will have to be out of here soon. I don't want to be here in the morning. I think we should focus on trying to tie up some loose ends and then moving on. Where are we moving on to? That's true. We don't really have a plan yet. Hugo, do you think at some point you could get in touch with Argyle and see if there would be other whispered organizations who would be okay with speaking with us so we can get a little more insight on our many problems that we could use insight on? Worth a shot. Speaking of problems, has anyone seen Aiden anywhere? Is Aiden not with us? She is not. She's out on the beach. Oh, for some reason, I thought this was like the next morning or something. So this is just a little while after Raven walked away from Aiden. Yep. Okay. I will say that Ray walks over either to like the campfire you are sitting around or up into the trailer if you're inside chatting. She says, hey, uh, so it's been really cool traveling with you guys all for a little bit. Um you know, a little weird, a little, uh, little awkward at times, but uh, overall, you're all pretty chill. I did talk to uh, that nice lady at the food truck, and I might have a job. So, you know, I, I'm kind of thinking they've got like a, a thing they're going to tomorrow to like set up for. And I was thinking maybe I'd, I'd hitch a ride with them. Is that cool? Do you guys like need me for anything else? Or That's awesome. Yeah, congrats. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good about it. Seems cool. What's the thing they're going to tomorrow? Uh, there's a state fair that's coming up, and they're gonna go do the food truck there. Cool. Nice. Oh yeah, they mentioned that earlier. Well, Ellie will take great care of you. Yeah, they said they could use an extra line cook, so you know, it's real nice of her. I couldn't remember if I had any uh, real world experience in that kind of job before, but. Uh, I told him I'd work hard and, and try and learn quick on the job. So seems I got a, I get a chance here for a fresh start. Yeah, I hope we uh, see each other again. Yeah, that'd be cool. Ray, do you have a phone? Do you have a way we could contact you? I don't, but I mean, I saw you bought a bunch of them. If you don't mind, I, I don't mind keeping in touch. Sure. Yeah, that's a great idea. I'd appreciate that. I don't want to leave anything unresolved between us. Yeah, absolutely. I'll uh, I'll go tell Ellie that uh, you know I'm I'm thinking of taking the offer, and uh, I'll, I'll say goodbye in the morning. Well, thank you for traveling us as long as you did. Thanks for helping out. Thanks for the ride. Uh, and they walk out of the trailer. Are we comfortable with letting them go like that? I feel like we we kind of have to. We can't drag them with us forever. Of course, and you know they're their own person. My only issue is they are technically quite dangerous. The other question is, what if we part ways and then get in any kind of trouble and Felicity's in danger and Ray just pops up again? I feel like that's not out of the realm of possibilities. 
it's not the first time that Felicity tends to summon guardians whenever she's in trouble. I've just, I have this feeling that we're going to see them again anyway. I feel like this would be nice for them to have a little bit of a normal life since we can't be normal. Yeah, I think everyone deserves a chance at that. (laughs) Just a little bit. I feel like this conversation is happening on the beach because last session, I didn't want Raven to leave the area completely. I wanted her to walk away from Aiden, but she was still kind of weirded out by their whole, not weirded out, but like kind of nervous. And so in my head, Raven had like given her space and gone down on the beach, but hadn't like gone into the trailer or left the beach yet. Yeah, sure. We had said that you had like a campfire going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that just makes a lot more sense. I like, I just can't believe, but she wouldn't, she wouldn't leave. Yeah. She'd still be nearby. That's fair. Okay, cool. Raven, do you want to, do you want to go get Aiden? I don't want to make any important decisions without her. Yeah, I can. She asked for some, some space and alone time, but if it's been a bit, I can go check on her. So Raven will head back down the beach towards where she uh, left Aiden. I'll say you get to her. And she has slumped over into like a curled up position in the sand, kind of murmuring in her sleep. Raven's gonna like kneel down. She doesn't want to spook Aiden awake uh, since she's new to sleeping. Can she understand anything she's saying? Yeah, you hear some of the... I mean, it sounds like she's struggling. Not as much as if you were awake, but you can kind of sense there's like some distress in her like sleep talk mumbling. I'll say you, you do hear her like once or twice just be like, Bells, no. A couple seconds go by and then she just like shoots awake, gasps and kind of like catches herself. Like sometimes when you fall asleep and you feel yourself falling. Mm -hmm. Just. Uh, Raven will hold her hands up in like a not threatening manner. She's not expecting you to have been there. That's what, yeah, so kind of just like, So she kind of like turns and just like, "Ah!" and literally she'll like recoil and like her wings fly out instinctually on the public beach and on the ground, wings out and with the pinion feathers gathered in front of her like a shield. She looks white as a ghost and she takes a second, lets her eyes adjust. She like sees it's you and the wings drift away. Oh my God, Raven. Hey, sorry. I I didn't mean to wake you up. I didn't I didn't realize you fell asleep. Are you okay? Yeah. That didn't seem good. No, it was um I guess that's what nightmares are. Yeah. <sighs> she kind of like rubs at her temples. Sorry. Um No, don't don't apologize. I was just coming to check on you. We're starting to talk planning for the future. We just didn't want to decide on anything without you. We can we can sit here for another minute if you need it. You just woke up. It's all right. I'll um <clears throat> I'll shake it off on the way back. Thanks for coming to get me. Yeah. Do you want to talk about what happened in your nightmare? Sometimes it helps. Um if we're talking about big group stuff, maybe I'll just talk to everybody. Okay. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. Uh, Raven will help Aiden up off the beach and start heading back. Okay. Yeah, she's just like a little groggy, but she follows you back. We rejoin the group on the beach. I found her. Hey, everybody. Someone took a little nap. Everything all right? Yeah, just tired. She kind of like rolls her eyes at saying that aloud. Tell me you didn't sleep on the sand. She's covered in sand on one side <laughs> of her body. <laughs> just one side of her face. 
she like sheepishly like dusts some like sand off of her leg. I mean, she's still in like the what I say, like the white bathing suit with like the sort of pink crop top shirt on top. So yeah, she's got sand all over. Uh, Is Hugo that guy that's standing on the beach like in sneakers and like normal clothing, just refusing to like admit that he's on the beach? Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> that checks out. <laughs> and we'll still complain later that he has sand in his shoes, even though he was wearing sneakers on the beach. Mm-hmm. Sneakers and tall socks. <laughs> That's what I was picturing. I'm glad I was right. Mm-hmm. We can continue this conversation in the trailer. We'd be out of the public setting. That's probably smart. Yeah, I agree. Let's do that. Oh, and we update Aiden on what just happened with Ray. Sure. She uh, she says, oh, all right. Um, and we'll just have to see what happens, I guess. I don't... Whatever's going on with them... It doesn't feel right to me to, like, tell them what to do. Yeah. And we gave them a phone, so we can hopefully keep in touch if they if they need us. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think it's I think it's good. So you all head into the trailer for more private supernatural discussion slash planning. Whitaker, are there other easty branches that we should either say hi to or avoid? Avoid, certainly. From my understanding, they have offices all over the country. Their presence is just typically strongest in the West Coast. Natalie, feel free to correct me if there's more information on the matter. It's less so that there are offices and just that there are agents stationed around the country. The headquarters in Portland is sort of the only building that they maintain. Really? Because they have the compound and it's easy enough for them to just fly agents wherever and have them stay in nondescript hotels rather than a larger physical presence in the world, if that makes sense. So the only place they're getting like fancy suits from Phoebe and 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 weaponry and magical items, that's all the one building. Correct. Interesting. Good to know. Whitaker relays this to the team. Every building they have is another potential leak risk. So it's just easier to have the one major compound and then to send people on away missions. It's kind of putting all your eggs in one basket though, right? I'm sure they've got the most security on it, but yeah. if anything were to happen to that one facility. They do have the most security and their name is Prithy. Oh, I miss them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hugo, Damien and I did a sort of checkup on them just now, actually. Oh, I don't know if they saw, like, the remains of the wine in the sand or anything like that. It would have melted pretty instantly. It's a July evening. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't much. We didn't really have anything big planned. We just tried to do some quick scrying. And um, they're alive. They're not imprisoned anywhere. They're just in their home, I suppose. And they're being pretty. They seem hungover, I suppose. <laughs> That checks out. Hugo, Damien, they saw me and they spoke to me and I could hear them. It wasn't just a visual connection. It was it was a two-way connection. Whitaker, you're the one who did it? Well, not well, it was mostly Hugo and Damien. I just we were using the glasses as sort of a conduit. But it was like really short, like the connection kind of broke really quickly, but there was a like we might have been able to speak to each other, which is interesting. I mean, if it wasn't like such a big spell that I think I think it caused Hugo some harm. It did. And it used up your thing that, like, connected you to Prithy, so. Yeah. 
I don't think it's under our current conditions replicatable, but we might be able to look out for more magical ways to get in touch with Prithi if we want updates on the Eastie Agency without going through technological things that they could track. That's amazing. We'll have to try and figure something out. I'm so glad we know they're okay. Natalie. Yes. So I still have premonitions. Nope, I still have... You have hunches. Hunches, yeah. Can I, like, keep my mind open to, like, if something bad is about to happen to Prithy? I don't think that's quite how that power works. Okay. It's less a you being able to seek out a hunch. It's more like you just get these hunches Mm -hmm. and feelings of, like, oh, I've got to be so-and-so place because something bad's going to happen there, and I'm going to try and stop it, right? It's less like I'm tuning in to everyone I care about to see if they're okay. Because mm-hmm. that's tune in. What about the other person we met before we left? Uh, Agent Sayer? Yeah, could, do you have any way of contacting him? Um, not any way that's not through the agency, I don't think. He'd definitely be useful to have on this, but I, I can't think of any way off the top of my head to get in touch with him. Okay. Could mail him a letter. I feel like he'd appreciate that. He seems like the kind of guy who would. Yeah. But I don't know where he lives. I mean, you could take the very high risk of mailing a letter to Agent Sarah at right. the agency. No. <laughs> God, that'd be... Oh, man. No. That'd be funny, but no. Roll the dice on the agency's bureaucratic mail system. <laughs> <laughs> we get lucky and they actually don't pay any attention to right? the Nobody scans the mail. It just gets dropped on his desk unceremoniously. <laughs> yeah, everything's through email. So they don't they don't even notice anymore because they're just like, it's probably bills or something. That's so funny. <laughs> Whitaker, roll a weird check. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Let's just see, because this is a Let's fun see. idea. Let's see. <laughs> I, it was a 10. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. I, w- I will say, as a, a perk of you being a secret agent, you know how the system works. And yes, nice. they have made the switch over to mostly digital communique. You can get packages delivered to HQ because some agents just live there. So like, if you made a very nondescripted letter and sent it to Agent Sayre, you could maybe get in touch with him that way. Ooh. It would certainly be a risk, but you feel safe in thinking that, like, it's probably the safest, surest way to contact him rather than, like, trying to call his number somehow, you know, or, like, sending an email from a burner account. Yeah, okay. Whitaker relays this to the rest of the team. This is an option. I feel like that's a a good idea. What if you... Is there any way you could communicate to him that it's you without, like, signing it that it's you? Is there anything he would know if you use, like, a fake name that he knows is you. Or a cipher. Yeah, so if someone opened it, it would look really nondescript. A cipher, perhaps. I simply don't know the man that well. Um, but if you signed it with something weird enough, maybe he would know, hey, it's that rogue agent guy who doesn't work here anymore. He's <laughs> also a very suspicious person. At least it seemed like it. So if he got a letter yeah. out of the blue, he might immediately start looking for some sort of clue. Right. It's more, my concern is less that I I think we could communicate to him through paper mail that something's up and we would like his help. The question is, how does he get back to us? Right. Because we're not in one location. My thought is, if we could rely on a magical system of communication, if we have both ends 
of the communication system working on something. Maybe it doesn't have to be a, an expensive spell every time. Easiest way for that is just have people on both areas go to specific spots that are known by both people. It's difficult to scry on a person. It's not difficult to look at a place. I see what you're saying. So give him a location and a time, and then you try to scry on that location and see if you can do a two-way communication with him. I meant more in the sense of looking there, then whenever he's ready, he looks at some point that we know we're going to be at a specific time. But would we be able to talk with each other, or would it be like we leave a message written on a whiteboard somewhere for him to look at? The talking is either messages on a whiteboard or drawings in the sand, stacks of rocks. It's not the best system. I would not recommend it. But it's something. I think we can work on it. This sounds like a promising lead. Also, I don't know how long I will be able to do it, but if he sent mail to my apartment, I could pop there and back and get it. That's true. I I would be afraid of the possibility of you getting there and not being able to get back. Before we resort to that, we should try to do some digging and figure out what's going on with you. Felicity. Yes? We do have someone who can pretty reliably jump across the country. How does Mira feel about being a secret agent? I don't know. Let me. I'll just call her. A rogue secret agent. Frankly, it's on brand. Ring, ring. I think the rogue part will entice her more. Ring, ring. Are you calling her on your phone phone? Yeah. Felicity, <laughs> close the phone. Felicity Starnbrook. Hi. How are you, my dear? Just come here. Oh, right now? Yeah. Click. Appears in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. Y- you'd think I'd get used to that after a while. Hello. Give you a big hug. Hi. Look at you. You're so cute with your little flowery yellow. Oh my gosh. I love this. Thanks. Do you like my hair? I shake it around a little bit. Oh my God. I love it. <laughs> Thanks. Wait. I have a very important question. Yes, please go on. You must be having so much fun on this trip of yours. Uh, it's all right. But here's the thing. Do you want to be a rogue secret agent? You see her eyes flash with like green sparkles. She says, I would love nothing more. How do I do this? Whitaker? Well, admittedly, Mira, we hadn't really come up with anything solid. We're kind of ad-libbing this as we go, and I was hoping we could present you with a more fully formed plan. But the upshot is... She comes right up into your face, Whitaker. Hi. Look me in the eye. I'm doing so. And she just, like, stares at you intensely for a minute. Whitaker puts the glasses on. No magic is occurring. Okay. Could have fooled me. But she is just studying your expression intently, and, like, a little grin creeps across, like, the corners of her mouth, and she... Puts a hand forward. Do we have a deal? (gasps) I don't know if we do, actually. I haven't really named the terms yet. (laughs) I will become a rogue secret agent, and you will tell me your plan later. Is that all? That's what Felicity has just asked me to do. Whitaker? Whitaker, you can see there is a little bit of glow in her hand. I look at Hugo. (laughs) (laughs) If I could just ask, rogue to what? Yes, we have some conditions. Ooh, all right. She kind of pulls her fingers back in a very, like, dramatic way. Conditions, I love it. Outline them, please. I feel like first we should start telling her what's going on. 
to that. She knows what's going on. I would like to lay down some conditions before we give her any uh, sensitive information. Okay. This is fascinating. And she like props herself up and sits on the table like cross-legged <laughs> and then does like chin and hands like, I'm all ears. And her like fawn ears twitch. Miss Mira, do you have a last name? Uh, Jones. Miss Jones. Oh. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh. I was waiting for it. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Awesome. It like hit me and then there was silence. And so I was forced <laughs> to process it even more. Oh, okay. Whitaker makes no reaction. Whitaker doesn't give a shit. Um, Miss <laughs> Jones. We need you to be a communique between us and some members of the organization known as the Eastie Agency. However, you are not to share any information about our location, our plans, or our current situation with anyone not specifically outlined by us in the Eastie Agency or otherwise. Or I'd be in, like, danger. It would endanger Felicity pretty severely. Well, I certainly don't want to do that. So you need me to be, like, a courier? Yes. Hmm. A little less exciting than I thought secret agent work would be, but I suppose it takes all kinds. There's a pretty great movie starring Benedict Cumberbatch called The Courier where he does this exact thing. I will look it up. <laughs> and here's the thing. Like, this is maybe we could ha have you help with other stuff later on, but we got to know that you can do it. So you start off on like an easy thing and then maybe we can talk to you about more stuff later. Certainly. To be an even cooler rogue agent. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it sounds very easy. Do you need me to destroy evidence once it's delivered? That would be incredibly useful, yes. When we specify it. It, it would depend on what it was, but I could probably destroy it. And there's a little twinkle in her eye. I imagine it'll mostly be paper letters. Fairly simple to destroy. Uh, well, less exciting, but still doable. I don't know, could, could be fun magical artifacts at some point. We don't know. All right. I'm definitely leaning towards paper correspondence that Mira is the the courier for. And then once the recipient has read the information, Mira can destroy the letter. I am just very nervous about giving Agent Sarah or Prithi burner phones and then potentially getting caught with them. Right. We don't actually know how much surveillance either of them are under, especially Prithi. And we don't know anything about Agent Sarah right now. Mira's gaze shifts past you, Whitaker, and kind of like into your bedroom where your closet is open. And she goes, do I get a uniform? Would you like a uniform? I would love one. I don't think anything I have will fit you. That's all right. And she snaps her fingers and her outfit transforms into what is essentially a like fitted blazer, like your agency suits. But rather than like suit pants or like a skirt, she's got like little cut off above the knee capris like a mailman. <laughs> oh my God. With like a little black bag and then like a sunflower embroidered on it and like a little cap. Oh my God. I love her so much. Whitaker looks directly <laughs> at Felicity. Oh, I adore her. Right? Now you get it. Felicity, I'm sorry. I ever doubted you. She hops off the table and again puts her hand out to you, Whitaker. Agent Jones, reporting for duty, sir. Agent Jones, welcome to the team. Handshake. Okay, handshake. Woohoo! 
When you clasp hands, since you're still wearing the glasses, you see a little ring of gold runes kind of just circle around your two hands. Oh, Whitaker's heart skips a fucking beat. <laughs> he gives her hand just like a very serious squeeze right at the end there. She squeezes back four times in succession, Whitaker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Agent Jones, we don't have an assignment for you yet, but we will soon. Appreciate your cooperation in this. Okay. Oh, so we're done. Well, Felicity, you want to stay? You could stay if you want. Sure. What do you think? And she like twirls in her little secret agent courier outfit. I love it so much. You have no idea. Whitaker, I think that the deal you made with Mira sounds great. I would love to make that same deal. I agree to go rogue. And then later on, you'll tell me a plan. Because that's that's what you just did. So if there's another one in ya, I'm interested. Now, now here's the kicker. Go rogue from the East Agency, yes. Go rogue from the Edgecrest Agency, of which you are director. I'd like to know the logistics of that. But no, Damien, I will not be shaking your hand in this. Or ever, voluntarily. <laughs> Damn. It's harsh. Safety first. It's fair. Damien, I need you to be, like, less rogue overall. I think you're a little too rogue right now, and that's kind of where, that's kind of where the problems are, if you, if you sort of understand what I'm, what I'm saying here. Yeah, but the rogueness is in my words. I haven't done rogue activities in quite some time. I would argue that most of your life has been rogue activity. Yes, and I've been trying to make it less rogue. And see, I appreciate that. I do appreciate that. And if we could continue on that trajectory of being less rogue, I think you and I could come to an understanding. You're a tough bastard, but it's a fair call. What's the plan? Where are we going? That's what we're still deciding on. Are we leaving Wisconsin? Unless anyone has a compelling reason to stay. There's a really cool zoo. I looked it up. Squad zoo trip? The last time... We stayed. I really did look it up. I looked up cool things to do in Milwaukee. I love that so much. <laughs> it's a really fun zoo I've been. Have you? <laughs> yeah. So you can paint us a beautiful word picture when the squad goes to the zoo tomorrow. Basically a big open safari style pen and mm. there's a platform and the giraffes walk up to it and you can feed them little biscuits. It's cute. All right, but we do have to move the trailer because... The thing that got us last time was we stayed the extra day in a pleasant town. That's true. I want to give you all some time to yourself to collect before we make our next move. I want to give that to you. Every time we've taken that extra time to do so, it has put us in more danger. So I hope you understand my reservations in keeping us here. I agree, but we also should decide what our plan is if Prithi... You know, I'm glad they're safe, but they're not giving us assignments. So what are we, are we just going to drive? I have some ideas on how to look for other things, but Raven, I might need admin permission on your blog. I'm surprised we haven't done that already, to be honest. I'm not exactly great with website coding, so I can imagine you didn't jump to offer me the executive position. I think since we don't have... Prithy to send us assignments to keep us busy. I, I think we can find some of our own. Maybe we can try to help some people. 
I have to imagine that if we investigate enough places, enough people, we will find someone who knows something that might help us. Yeah. And usually I'd get this information from the Eastie database, but of course, we no longer have access to such a thing, so we're using the next best thing. Your plan is to just be altruistic to people and help strangers? Are you out of your mind? How ah, that like physically hurts me to think about. <sighs> what did you think we've been doing this whole time, Damien? Now helping pe- people is just further up the list on things we're going to do. But to try to go out of your way to help someone, it's one thing if it's convenient, but come on. Like I said, Damien, if you've got better ideas, we'd love to hear them. I wouldn't actually, though. I'm, I'm, I don't. Do I need to separate you two? <laughs> Possibly. We're still trying to figure that out. Hugo, yeah, speak up on that. While we should be doing altruistic things, helping people as best we can, there's things we need to solve as soon as we can so we can get back to business as usual. I agree. We need a way to get the spark out of Damien. That's still the thing we need to figure out. Spark out of Damien, yes. You back to 100%. Also a thing. She kind of shifts in her seat. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, that'd be nice. No, that, that's not a that'd be nice. That's a, you're a danger to yourself until we get that solved. And we care about you. So we are going to get that solved. Well, I don't have to drive all night anymore. We can... I don't know how to fix it. If you have an idea, though, I'd love to hear it. Still working on that. But suffice to say, while you know a lot about humans, I don't know if you know that much about being mortal. And you seem to be edging closer and closer to that, which means there's a few more precautions we need to start taking. Yeah, it would help if we knew what caused your decline, what what the catalyst was. I don't know. My powers are fading. It's never happened before. I I mean, I did seal them away a while ago, but you all helped me unlock that. And now suddenly they're going away, though. Why would that happen right after unsealing them? I'm not doing it on purpose. I'm, I'm not sealing them again, as far as I know. I'm pretty sure this is beyond just a sealing kind of thing, honestly. But this is also something to ask about after you've gotten a good night's sleep. With the glasses on... Whitaker looks around at Aiden, Felicity, Raven. Is there any sort of aura or change with the marks on their hands from the salamander? There is not. However, the previous form of intensely bright light, where you couldn't make out any of her features that Aiden used to appear in the glasses, she's now like a a frosted bulb. If that makes sense, like you're, it's, yep. it's not a camera flash in your line of vision. It's just a glowing humanoid shape in the shape of Aiden. Gotcha. You have literal visual confirmation that her power is diminishing. I think we've been putting this off too long because none of us have really wanted to think about it. But Hugo's right. We really need to sit down and maybe we can work backwards and figure out what that catalyst was, like Damien said. Because if we can figure out what caused it, that's our number one clue on how to reverse it. I don't want to keep going like this and have Aiden with no powers. Does anyone want to investigate a mystery? I can see, depending on how well you do, if I want to like reveal any clues or anything. 
I was kind of going under the assumption we should get a good night's sleep. I was leaning towards like, yes, let's agree to think about this in the morning. Well, see, here's the thing. Every time this group of hunters goes, we should do a thing. And then I let the next day roll around. You never come back to it. We never do it. That's very true. I wanted to be a good keeper and encourage you to just do some thinking about it now. That's a 10 total. 10. All right. As you discuss and start to like look back and try and figure out when did Aiden's powers start to diminish and fade? Can I give you the investigative mystery questions I'd like to ask? Oh, yes, please. I know sometimes they don't apply, but I would like to ask what happened here and what can hurt it? Ooh, what can hurt it? Interesting. I guess what is being concealed here would be close, but it's not Aiden that's concealing it because she doesn't know. So what is being concealed here is a very aptly chosen question, Raven, because there is something that Aiden is concealing. And you know about it because of the fight that she had with Felicity a few weeks back when this journey first started. Ooh, the one that I overheard and knew that Aiden was lying to Felicity? Is that the one? That she was omitting something, yes. Okay. So thinking back, trying to remember stuff, it comes into your mind that while she seems genuine about not knowing why this is happening, you do know that she hasn't been completely forthright about everything. And as far as what can hurt it, you and Aiden are pretty close at this point, and you have noticed that her mood has not been the same ever since this trip started. Really, ever since finding out about the spark in Damien and having to rescue him, and this whole trip, she's been in a much less Aiden-like mental space. Not as not as warm and as open as she was when you guys were just having small adventures in Autumn Falls. I'll say those are the things you notice or consider this evening as you're like racking your brain trying to think of like what could have caused this. Well, it's so nice that everyone's being so sharing and forthcoming with everything they know about Aiden. <laughs> Damn it, Damien. But I think we got the timeline <laughs> sort of pointing in a direction at least. I mean, the rest of you are aware of Aiden's powers beginning to fluctuate truly during the snipe adventure. Raven's going to pull out a piece of paper. She's going to draw a little, like, like a horizontal line of like a timeline. So I feel like we have lots of questions. I feel like we're too scattered right now where we're never going to figure out any of them if we're just chasing each of them individually and never getting anywhere. Why don't we try to nail down what's going on with Aiden? So right now, Aiden is sleeping, which is new in the last couple of days. And she's gonna like start writing this down and then kind of go backwards. She's gonna be making bullet points and like marking stuff. What was before that? Trying to heal Hugo. Aiden getting hung over. Getting hurt. Before that, issues teleporting. Yes. Those are the physical like signs that you can track. Was there anything before that that we noticed? Or was the snipe adventure, was that the first time? She got a 10, Natalie. I know, she got a 10. This isn't even necessarily me rolling. This is me trying to get to the bottom of this with this group right now. Go ahead and roll one more time. Add your sharp. And this is just to see if Raven picks up on something. Okay. Dang it. That was a seven total. Not amazing. I don't think you get it on a seven. No. 
Sorry. That's okay. Can we help out? <gasps> yeah, as a group, as we're all here together. I am trying to have a conversation with everybody. <laughs> Hugo and one other person. I mean, I have a help out as an advanced move. I don't think anyone in the group, aside from Aiden, would recall this detail, um, unfortunately. But if we roll high enough, can we get Aiden to tell <laughs> us? <laughs> can we roll to convince our friend to open up and share? That's a charm roll, and none of us are charming. Dang it. <laughs> And, and again, she would remember this happening, but I don't know that she would be able to then like- She's not connecting it. Yeah, she doesn't understand why it's happening. And I think is like personally too scared to like consider what might be causing it. I'll make a sharp roll and just see if Aiden has- That's a good call. Like suspicions in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So we'll see if she like has a theory that she maybe doesn't want to share, but is thinking about. What other stuff has happened recently oh. in Aiden's life that has never happened before. Hmm. She got a nine. I was setting the DC at 10 because it was a while ago. Mm -hmm. So I don't think she remembers this particular instance. And because she doesn't remember that, she's not going to have an inkling in the correct direction there. Okay. Raven's going to tear this page out of her notebook and uh, she's going to leave it on the table. We're going to keep working on this. If anyone thinks of anything, add it to the list. Any theory or inkling or anything we can think of that was kind of weird, that might have triggered something, just add it to the timeline, add it to the list. I just don't want to keep brushing this off, acting like it's fine. Because Hugo's right, I don't want Aiden to be in danger because she's not used to not having powers. Also, just the broader implications of an angel losing her divinity is... Um... While practically probably not that incredible, uh, theologically and big picture wise, maybe a little concerning. I did have a dream about a sibling of mine. One we've met or? No. The nightmare you just had on the beach? Oh. She looks at you and nods. I haven't seen them in a very long time. They generally keep to themselves and I don't know why, but they could be behind this. Their domain is decay and corruption, so I don't know, maybe Azazel struck a deal or something. You think this is something your sibling could have control over? That they would be able to affect you like this? If it's a curse, maybe. Raven writes down curse question mark on the paper. Is that something you would have noticed if that happened to you? Or is that something that can just happen and we slowly realize the effects of it over time. If I could have noticed it, I clearly didn't. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't talk to them, so I, whatever they're plotting behind the scenes, it can't be good, even if I'm wrong. I have an idea. So I know that Hugo and Whitaker and Damien just did some big magic just a little while ago, but how do you guys feel about trying to banish a curse from Amy, just to see? To me, that feels like the kind of magic where if there isn't a curse, it just fizzles out and nothing happens. So worst case scenario, we've wasted a little bit of time. Banishing curses is hard work, even when you know what the curse is and we don't know what the curse is. It's a possibility, but it would require research. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. We probably shouldn't jump into anything big like that right away. Do you think that might work if we can find out more about this potential curse? 
It might, but I'd want to be sure because, like Hugo said, if I don't have my defenses, I don't want magic backlash to put me out of commission and then I can't help you all. That's true. We should be careful. Hey, Raven. Yeah? Can I ask a weird question? Absolutely go for it. How were you and Aiden when you guys went to deal with um, one of the crab thingies? Or Oh, when we went back to the lake. Yeah. And we fought the trash crab demon. Did you have any issues? Did we? <laughs> oh, shit. What were the issues? Why don't I remember this? Nothing gets past today. <sighs> I'm just working backwards still. Raven's just going to turn to Aiden. Did you have any issues when we fought the trash demon? There were some times where I was inside and I think you were outside. I didn't have any trouble with the demon spawn, but we did land in the lake. That's true. I guess I didn't really consider that since we weren't going to a super specific place and you got us there, just not exactly on point. Right, well, I was thinking of the camp center. Okay, Raven adds that to the list. Can I add one more bullet point? Absolutely. Which is specifically a bullet point. Oh, I did shoot her specifically with a Damien bullet. You used a Damien bullet for that? I had to. It wouldn't would have been able to send it back otherwise. Oh, that's right. A regular one wouldn't have. Raven writes that down and underlines it a bunch of times. <laughs> and circles it. Have you ever died before? Me? Yeah. No. I've come close. A bunch of times. I mean. There was the time in, in the Whispered Lab, and then there was that time Whitaker shot me. You know, I had to get down there to get Damien out. Was there anything before the shot, or before Sing's lab even? Anything else we can record? Whitaker asks, hopefully praying that him shooting Aiden is not the thing that oh. brought the divinity <laughs> down. Something I just realized. When I was reading, one of the magic things we can do is to banish a spirit or curse from a person, object, or place it inhabits. I thought I was reading from the list of big magic. That's on the list of use magic. It is. Just a thought. I know it still is not something we should just jump into. Um, the last time I tried to do that, I banished Damien entirely. I wanted to banish the spark out of him. So... But the spark isn't a curse. Uh, it depends. I feel like it's a curse for a demon. All right. I just really don't feel comfortable trying that again. The spark is an energy source. It's not a curse. Well, Aiden, do you just need an energy source? I have one. What if you got a little boost? Is it that Aiden's cursed or that her connection to the energy source is weakened somehow? Or are those the same thing? What if you're a green lantern and your ring's been removed? I don't have a ring. It's a, it's like a, it's a superhero. Oh. Does that make Damien the new green lantern or the ring? <laughs> I guess I'm the lantern and you've got to get charged up. Yeah, but you got the spark from Felicity, not me. Yeah, well, it's clearly transferable. Whitaker gives Aiden a pointed look but says nothing on the matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it could just be a temporary thing. What if you try to borrow a little bit of power from the spark in Damien and that boosts you for a little bit? It could just give us a little bit of extra time to keep digging into this without you declining even more. I don't know that I can take the spark from Damien in a way that doesn't hurt him. Pain is temporary. Also, you haven't exactly had reservations about hurting Damien in the past. 
Yeah, it's getting much worse. We've got to do something about this. This seems like more than just hurting him from what it sounds like. I'm also not saying that Aiden should try to rip the spark out of Damien right now. I was thinking maybe she could try to siphon a little bit of power from him. Right, that might actually solve a lot of our problems. You see her face kind of frowns at that raven. She's like, no, that's that's life draining. That's what demons do. That's kind of also how we got here in the first place. Hugo, do you recall what Dr. Singh sent you information about last session? Oh, I... We, we never looked at it or did any of that, so I don't know. No, you never did. I, well, I mean, it's it's like sitting in your email, but you know that he was going to send you his research notes on a certain type of magic. Let's quickly pop open an email on Hugo's old phone because he's that guy. Yeah, you have an email with a bunch of attachments from Dr. Amir Singh, and they are some photos of old manuscripts and some photocopy scans of just his own scribblings and writings. And this is all esoteric experimental magic through runes that deals with life drain magic, which is a dark art because it is a thing that demons do almost exclusively. And he lets out a sigh. You don't have to share this, but I'm just letting you know because people are now talking about making Aiden attempt a life drain and she is not about it. Didn't mean it in a life draining way. I really appreciate it, everybody, but... um. We should maybe focus on something a little more actionable. I'm going to go lay down, but I'm fine to drive after I get some sleep. Uh, And she'll go into like a room and try and rest a bit. We don't have a a setup for Aiden to sleep in right now. No. (laughs) Because we've never needed one. Here's the thing I'm going to try. Felicity knows that Damien got the spark from her. Mm -hmm. So she's going to try to do lay on hands on Aiden after she falls asleep and see if I can give her basically the same thing. But instead of life draining, I'd be... Me giving her some energy? Yeah. Yeah, you can try that later. Cool. Yeah, when she's asleep. Uh, Yeah, I feel like that's like a once everyone is settled down, you might try that. So if there's anything anyone else wants to discuss... Whitaker Raven, if you guys want to do blog things or if Hugo wants to talk about research not in front of Aiden, <laughs> considering where he got the you know research from and what it's about, I think it's maybe a safe call not to talk about that directly in front of her right away. That's a future one. So we have a timeline of some stuff at least. What do we have for things that don't need a timeline? Raven, give me your blog password. <laughs> Uh, Raven's going to make a new admin account for Whitaker and like give him the login information. And I will take a rain check on what the username is because I can't think of anything good right now. I also can't think of anything good. It's I cast gun. <laughs> no, it's just admin. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Like it's You're just right. way it's super funny to you just be like, here's the admin account. And it's literally admin. <laughs> but she makes it. She gives him like an account and gives an admin, but specifically for him, just names it admin. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys, I mean, do you spend any time on it? Do you start looking for a gig, so to speak? Raven's going to give Whitaker a quick overview of how the whole blog works and all like the sections of it and her opinions on like, well, this forum is a lot of stuff that's kind of like creative writing and like bullshit and what if kind of things. And like this area might have some truth to it. There seems to be a lot of people sharing real stories here. And like, this is memes. 
And uh, try not to comment on anything because you're admin, just lurk. <laughs> and then after that little lesson, she's probably going to work on this for a long time, but she's going to start looking like, is there anything happening in Wisconsin? Is there any activity? And then, because a lot of things are kind of anonymous on there. So no one's going to be like, I'm in this city, in this state. But you can track IP addresses. That's true, but she doesn't want to. Sorry, Whitaker is willing to track IP addresses. Secret agent stuff. I think that's a last resort, but yes. You know, she doesn't want to do that for everyone. She does want to keep the integrity of this place as like a safe, anonymous place. But Sure, of course. If things come up of like, that sounds like that could be like in this area of the country. Let's just like, oh, nope, that's on the other side of the world. Or just just a little peek to see if anything is nearby. Whitaker's making like a spreadsheet system, organizing things based on like actionability, believability, and like relevancy to our current situation and proximity to our current situation to try and uh, suss out what is the best, what is the thing most worth investigating in our current stage. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. I think they'd work on that together. Like, this seems true and close by, but it was posted a while ago. So like, keep that in mind and- Right. You know, this is kind of on our way if we're heading east more. I imagine it's a mix of like Whitaker having just the um, the professional know-how of these are things that sound believable. And Raven also being like, listen, no, they're a very convincing writer, but they do just write bullshit. Like, ignore them. <laughs> yeah, she she recognizes people's usernames like, oh, no, definitely fake. Or like, no, everything I've seen that person post seems kind of legit. Yeah. We should add that to the list. Yeah. I love this. Halfway through, it all turns into fanfic. Yeah, you start <laughs> reading and you're like, wow, this is really she urgent, said, important. Oh, wait, the, nope, it's a love story. No, they do want to meet Bigfoot and become his wife. <laughs> yeah, you guys spend some time on the blog. You're looking for leads or anything. There is a section, Raven, that I think is like, you know, like an advice kind of section. For sure. And... You see a, a fairly recent post from a pretty active user on this blog of yours. You know that they, again, you have no confirmation, but their stories are never like fun. It's always very like an account of what happened and most of it sounds pretty awful. So this is not like someone's like fantasy of like, I'm so cool and I met so-and-so. I'm best friends with Mothman. Yeah, right. It's none of that stuff. <laughs> There's a lot of those. Yeah, it's it, this one is more like, hey, this happened to me and I'm really freaked out about it. And I just thought I would share it in case anyone can give me like information about this or knows more. And it generally evolves into comments of things like, that sounds like a so-and-so. And then someone else would be like, you idiot, it's definitely this kind of monster instead. You know, like definitely use steel against it. No, use iron. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, actually. Silver doesn't actually work on werewolves. <laughs> so you see a post, and actually, the it's funny. The username is um maxually, with Max replacing the beginning of actually. Interesting. Yeah, this this account has a recent post saying a missing persons case, concerned for a upperclassman. Then it goes into more detail, and it says a friend of mine from school went missing, and I did some research hoping to find nothing, but it turns out this has been an ongoing thing in my town for the past few years. Someone or some group of people go missing around this time of year every year. 
and I'm just concerned because the explanations in the local paper and by the sheriff's office don't make sense, and it definitely doesn't make sense for my friend. Does anyone know anything about a monster who repeats its victimizations annually? That's spooky. Yeah. Um, Raven's going to add it to their list. I hate to say it, but this could be just a terrible human kind of thing. But there's something about this user. I don't think I've seen them post obvious bullshit before. This might be something. Uh, What's the email address associated with the account? I'll start seeing if they post on any other regular social media so we can try to find where they are. That's smart. You're looking for like similar usernames on other social platforms, basically? That would be, I think, the easiest thing to do. I imagine there are ways, hackable, slightly illegal ways to find like other accounts associated with this email. See if they signed up for like Facebook or something with that email. And I I could roll for those, uh, certainly, if if that was a a route we wanted to That's a really good idea. Roll investigate a mystery, and that'll be you doing this research. It's getting late, I'll say, too. Like, this is the evening of your night at the beach. Whitaker is not tired. He is doing his job again. <laughs> uh, well, maybe not. It's only a seven. Can, wait, hold on, hold on. Oh, can oh, I? Oh, can oh. I? Can I roll the help out anyway? Because help out is my advanced move. So if I somehow, by some miracle, roll high enough, it'd be a full success. It's as if you rolled a twelve. Yeah, sure. go for it. So this is yeah. Why not? We can we can take that chance. You you are helping me. This could be absolutely nothing. <laughs> I mean, we'll find out right away. <laughs> that's a oh, that's a nine. Uh, so it just gives you one. Yeah. It's worth a shot, though. Worth a shot. We still get one question, what is being concealed here. It's true. What other usernames do you have, uh, which might be enough? Yeah. With a seven, you were able to find Um Maxually on a couple other platforms, mostly Instagram and Twitter. So you see some selfies, I guess, of this young girl. They have brown hair that comes down over one side of their face in like long, long bangs. Uh, And otherwise, it's kind of just like a short shaved in the back haircut. They seem to live in a pretty rural area. Um, There's pictures of them with like their grandfather on a farm, it looks like. Is there anything geotagged on Instagram with location? Raven, if you roll a separate investigative mystery, we'll see if you can put some pins together. (laughs) See if I can read. Yeah. That's an 11 total. This just represents you, like, once Whitaker suggests this, you, like, combing through their social media looking for an answer to where they might be. Where did it go? And I guess what happened here? To see if there's any more information. They said a a classmate went missing. Mm. Did they post on any of their social medias about it? Sure. What school do they go to? Yeah. Find the school. (laughs) So it's it's a lot of, like... Again, not quite illegal, but like a little sketchy online practices. A little creepy. Like you find um, Maxually is because they like go by Max and it has like in their Instagram about me section, Piper Maxwell, but with like Max in quotes. Hell yeah. And like a sign for their or like an emoji for their astrological sign and like a little crystal ball emoji, the witch emoji. (laughs) Whitaker looks at Raven like, you sure this is legit? I don't know. Let's keep looking. We'll give it 10 more minutes. And if it seems like bullshit, we'll move on to something else. You see pictures of her with 
some friends who like also have accounts and are tagged and whatever. Uh, and they're in like red and gold school spirit colors. Uh, and it says Pecatonica High School in like the background. They're at like a football game. So it's sort of a chain reaction, right? You find their actual name listed, then you get them on Facebook, then you see where they went to school, Pecatonica High, you look up Pecatonica. That's a small farming town in Illinois, which is a little to the south of you. And then when you search the high school, there is a news article that comes up pretty recently that says, or like a missing persons report that says, Cassie Mayer, please report any details to the local sheriff's office if you find her. Raven is keeping like very clear, basic notes. So that way in the morning, we can kind of go over this with everybody. The other thing you notice, Whitaker, is that in searching Pecatonica, right? And on like the news listings for the local stuff, it does say Winnebago County Fair picks up this weekend. (gasps) (laughs) We're going to the county fair after all, boys. It's leisure and work at the same time. Wow. Business and pleasure at the Winnebago County Fair. It's dangerous what you can find online about people. Man, this kid should use a burner email address for my blog. Oh my god. Honestly, we could make some scathing political commentary about the way Facebook tracks personal data and the way social media accounts make this shit way too public. We're not going to do that, but we'll just leave that there for you to consider. It does implicate ourselves while doing that. <laughs> it absolutely does. But, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta blame the system as much as the people who abuse it. <laughs> At least we did it with good intentions. That's right. You're trying to help a missing person out. That's right. Maybe kind of, sort of. <laughs> Hopefully. I, we should definitely discuss this with, with Aiden too tomorrow morning, but... If everyone's down, I feel like this isn't very far away. Knock on wood, but kind of a low-risk situation to be near. We can come in saying we're private investigators if anyone asks, and if anything gets weird, we leave, you know? Yep. I think we should check it out. It'll get us out of here and get us on the road, and maybe we can check out the fair while we're there. If we are going to be investigating this officially, I... Just blanket statement for the team. Please don't use your real names. Oh, God, no. Yeah, we got to get on that with fake names and identities and It'll stuff. be confusing. It'll be annoying for the listeners, but, like, we got to do it. <laughs> we got to. <laughs> I've been thinking about it a lot lately, and it's going to be so annoying. I love Michelangelo for Damien so much, oh, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, that was in Whitaker's voice. That was Emery <laughs> talking. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. I'll be Solicity Farnbrook. (laughs) See, perfect. Um, Hugo will be a day. (laughs) No one would ever suspect. That'd be terrible. It'd be terrible. It would be awful. (laughs) Yeah, let's let's not do that. So we'll be each other's player names. (laughs) Oh my God. I will be Anders. I call being a day. (laughs) <laughs> We're not doing that. I'm vetoing that right now. I just had to be an asshole. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's so fucking funny. We have a plan. Also, I have uh, one have more. A, you have a potential location. Yes, one more thing. Go ahead. Where did Aiden go sleep? Because I feel like all the beds were called. Did she take Felicity or Raven or Whitaker or Hugo's bed to go lay down? What she did was she took one of the sleeping bags, like out of the camping gear. 
and just rolled it out on the floor oh. in between the two beds that Felicity and Raven usually take. Aiden, take the queen. It's got a great mattress. If you're going to sleep for the first time, don't sleep on the fucking floor. I mean, I just slept on the beach. It was terrible. You had a nightmare and you woke up covered in sand. Sleep on the bed. All right. For, for me, just like, please. Where are you going to sleep? I will sleep on the floor like a good host. I mean, it's a big bed. You could share half of it. It is a big bed. We're all adults. If it becomes a problem, we can get like a, a twin size blow up mattress and put it on the floor in between. Yeah, whatever. Just so everyone has a bed. Okay. And like, she wasn't asleep in there. She was kind of just like laying down. So she she migrates. <laughs> Good. All right. Is there anything else we'd like to address tonight? I feel like we've got a direction to move in, which I like. Is anyone doing anything like solo this evening? I know Felicity had a thing she was maybe going to try. Damien is going to try to get his spark out. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Let's quickly resolve Felicity's thing and then we can do your thing, Damien. Felicity... You settle into bed. It's pretty late. If you want to go do some magic, you can attempt that. I will do that. I'm going to go lay on hands. Act under pressure first. Oh, boy. Is she waiting until everyone is asleep? I would think so. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of what this role is here to determine. Oh, God. Please. I got a six. <laughs> Experience. Okay. You get up out of bed mm -hmm. and go to walk over to Whitaker's like side of the trailer to try and do this thing. But you get to the kitchen and Aiden is just like sitting up at the kitchen table with like a cup of tea that she made. I will go sit down with her, <laughs> I guess. She does have her earbuds in and is like laying on her arms. So she like looks tired, but maybe she couldn't sleep or she was like afraid to after the last thing that happened when she did. Yeah. I won't sit next to her. I'll sit across from her and I'll wait for her to notice me. She hears you sit and then kind of lifts her head. Hey, what's up? Uh, you know, couldn't sleep. Me neither. Ironically. <laughs> Should be used to that by now, huh? It's different when I feel awful because of it. That's true. I made tea. Do you want any? Yeah, I'll take some tea. And she'll get up and pour you a cup. It's just like an herbal fruit tea, so there's no caffeine in it. <sighs> I'm gonna be honest with you. I could sleep. I'm exhausted. But I thought you were asleep, and I kind of wanted to try something. And I promised it wouldn't hurt anybody. My thought process was, if I could essentially charge Damien and stick him full of light energy or whatever it is that I did to him then maybe I could charge you too? I mean if you want to try it I guess Okay. Roll to uh, lay on hands Okie doke Five So I hurt Aiden <laughs> Felicity <laughs> Okay I love Felicity hurting people <laughs> with healing magic so much I'm so sorry. Okay. You're always doing things that make me have to like dig deep into my like rules of the universe. <laughs> Keeper brain. Oh boy. I like to make things difficult for you, Natalie. It's my favorite thing to do. I love it. I love the challenge, but it's just so funny that it's always you. <laughs> mm. 
make it hurt. I need it to be appropriate. So I don't want to just be like, no, oh, she takes too harm and it sucks. Ooh. You go to heal Aiden and your hand glows with this warm golden light. You put your hand on her hand and she just sits there for a little bit, kind of winces, and then she jerks her hand away from you. Ah! I'll pull back too. Jesus Christ. She's making a fist and clutching her hand. Oh, what? What was that? I, I, I tried to heal you. And she looks at her palm where the mark of the salamander was, and it is red hot, but then vanishes. What? And she takes two harm from that, but the, like, mark is gone. I, I, I did something, at least. I'm going to bed. And she just gets up. She leaves her tea. She just immediately walks away from the table. I'm sorry. Damien, what are you doing? So how I imagine this is there's a glowing inside of this goop man and he's trying to get the spark to one side of him to try to focus and squeeze that part away and like try to get it to like an arm and try to like tourniquet the arm away kind of thing and trying to like whack it against the ground and stuff to try to drain it out. You are able to move this like glowing energy within your form and just contort your slime body such that it it comes out and is sort of within the end of one of these goop tendrils that you are able to make. And then you said you tourniquet it like like a belt or something. Yeah. Okay. It's super tight. You get to to a point where like you can't squeeze yourself any smaller and then you just what starts hitting that on the ground. Yes. Trying to like smack it off. That doesn't seem to be working. You can try something else, but just hitting that tourniqueted tendril is not doing anything. What you did for Aiden just before makes this so much worse. <laughs> and you can uh-huh. you can veto this, but I imagine that Damien is still trying to be like, okay, I've got this spark healing good energy, and I'm trying to get it out of myself and into Aiden, and... Aiden's not going to life drain. I'm going to have to give it. And Aiden's probably not going to be interested in this process. So I should probably come in with a healing slap. Okay. (laughs) And just be like, ah, put all his weight into it to try to transfer it as a healing. Okay. So you're going to gloop into her room or into Whitaker's room and smack her with this tendril that has the spark in it? I mean, when you say it out loud, it does sound as ridiculous as it was in my head. I wanted to clarify exactly what this plan was. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like it would be something wild and outrageous and okay. rude and mean. Yeah. And it has to contrast with Felicity being like, hey, I'm going to try something. And Damien is, nope, we're, we're doing this live. Okay, yeah. So you go in uh, and roll act under pressure just to see how stealthy you are. Nope, that's a six. (laughs) (laughs) Best laid plans. 
God, what a night. <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> I tried to sneak up on Aiden, but the dummy bright sound and light of my spark woke everyone up. <laughs> no one is sleeping tonight. Damien, you are outside the trailer. You intangible yourself in through the wall of the trailer. Aiden is just laying down in bed. She sees this slime coming through the wall and goes, oh shit. She she makes her hand glow to create light and sees that it's you, Damien. And so then she like lets that go out. Damien, what are you what are you doing? Smack! <laughs> you slap her in the face <laughs> with this tangible. <laughs> Roll kick some ass. <laughs> I love this game so yes. much. So I love rolling to kick some ass here, but his intent was to heal. I know. <laughs> okay. You gotta roll to hit her, baby. Hey, maybe if you fail this roll, we'll kind of do the opposite of what, you know, Felicity did, where you fail so badly on kicking ass that you do heal her. Uh, no, I, I got the nine. I got a pretty successful sucker punch. Fuck. <laughs> oh, okay. Aiden's having a bad night. Didn't work. <laughs> All right. I'll try to think of something else. Uh, Davian's just looking at the the glow in the hand and just being like, ah, shucks. I just rolled something to determine if she would keep her cool. <gasps> and she got a six. <gasps> I love this. Go off. Girl, I'll back you up. Go off. Whatever you want, I'm here for it. Damien, as part of your kick some ass roll, because it's a mix, you're both going to do harm to each other. So you slap her and she just sits for and like there's a pause in the air. What the fuck, Damien? I was trying to transfer the spark. I guess it didn't. And she just like throws the sheets back, stands up and is like, get out and punches you through the wall. <laughs> You're intangible. You fly right through it, but you take two harm. Yeah, you, you get him. <laughs> Where the fuck did the sheets go? <laughs> Whitaker just wakes up cold. Yeah, she. Oh, God. Yeah, she doesn't even go back to bed. She just like goes and like puts on her jacket and loudly and grumpily announces, I'm going for a run. Hugo's following. <gasps> Ooh, okay. Because we don't go by ourselves around here anymore. Smart. It's good. It's a good call. Thank you, Hugo. All right. Yeah, Hugo, you take off. I think Raven clocks that Hugo takes off after and then lays back down. I was like, all right, Hugo's got this. Mm -hmm. Like I was really concerned and now I'm much less so. So... Are you like catching up with her and running side by side or just like running a little bit behind her and trying to like stealthily follow her? Uh, side by side. Okay. He's not going to mess with the stealth in this case. Gotcha. I mean, considering everyone else's stealth rolls have been absolute garbage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you jog a little quicker than she is to just to catch up to her. And she's just running on like this boardwalk that sort of skirts the coastline of the lake. And... I don't think she says anything. She acknowledges you're there. She looks angry and hurt and upset and just has her headphones in and just runs for a while. He is content to run in silence. Yeah, I know you would be.
Hello, adventurers. Thanks for joining us for another episode. I appreciate everyone being patient with me while I got over COVID. I hope you all can continue to be safe and try to avoid it yourselves. I would not recommend it. I do have something I'm very excited to recommend, however. Our promo swap this week is with our lovely friends over at Monster Hour. They're another actual play podcast series, and their first season used Monster of the Week just like us. I've listened to it. It's a beautiful story told by some very funny and charming people. If you need a new series to binge because you're all caught up with our story, definitely check them out. Now let's listen to the trailer. Hello everyone and welcome to Monster Hour, an actual play podcast about going to school, arguing with your parents, and ruining your favorite outfit while hunting horrible monsters. Narrative driven and crisply edited with painfully relatable characters. Monster Hour follows unlikely heroes JR. Super suspicious. That's sort of my deal. Constance. I may be a bit of a know-it-all, but I might actually know it all. And Alvin. I'm monstrous. As they unravel the sinister mysteries of a strange Colorado town. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, Buffy, or the Adventure Zone Amnesty, you'll love Monster Hour. Tune in for new episodes every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Monster Hour on Twitter, at MonsterHourPod. And also, I would be remiss if I didn't shout out their keeper Quinn for releasing their own Powered by the Apocalypse game, Absurdia. Monster Hour is using Absurdia as the game system for their second season, which at the time of this episode's release is just getting started. If you're a fan of Night Vale and absurdist horror slash humor, you'll have a blast with their newest story. I want to thank everyone again for leaving us reviews, which help us reach and engage new listeners. We're about three-fifths of the way to our first goal of 50 reviews on two major platforms. And I've devised a clever way to engage more of you to send us those precious star ratings. I am declaring the official retroactively applicable reviews race between the adventurers listening on Apple Podcasts and those of you listening on Spotify. The group who can help our show reach 50 reviews on their platform first will enjoy bragging rights of having helped our series hit a goal the soonest. I will also offer a special enthusiastic high five to anyone from the winning team should we meet up at some point in the future. You could lie, I guess, but you'll know in your heart if you truly deserve that high five or not. So take a moment, send us some stars, or write a short review to share your feelings about the series, and let the great review race carry on. Also, we have Patreon. You know the deal there. I recently did an AMA stream for our patrons all about Aiden, and we have VODs of the previous character AMAs also available. We also have a sticker tier and exclusive art from Emery, and some other projects in the works coming soon. If you can support us, we would be ever so grateful. Follow the link in the episode description, patreon.com slash the storyteller squad. All right, adventurers, time to send you back to the story. Take care of each other out there. The next morning comes. You all get up. Is your plan that you're going to go investigate, <clears throat> excuse me, Pecatonica? Are you going to reach out to um Maxually at all first? Or, ooh, we know that Max is a high schooler, right? It's pretty clear that she's in high school. Yeah, that makes me a little nervous to reach out. Of like, hey, this big group of adults is going to come visit you, a teenager, mm-hmm. because you posted on the internet and we found you. <laughs> So it might be better to, we, we saw that county fair is like, is that really close by? It's literally like in the town. Okay. I think we should head 
there under the guise of going to this county fair and see if we can poke around a little bit. And then if we need to dig a little bit deeper, we can figure out some aliases. We need, we need like a cover story on how we're private investigators and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure people are talking about this missing person, especially if Max is right and this has been happening. Someone else has to be noticing that people are going missing at the same time every year. Also, a lot less sus to approach high schoolers at a fair than at their school and ask them about this or stuff. Or anywhere else in town, yeah. Or anywhere else in town. I mostly was asking to see if you like sent them a message on the blog or like within the forums, you know? Yeah, I, d- I think it would make it really weird. Okay. The discussion underneath the post Is there any more information given? Have people already asked questions that we can sort of work off of? Someone suggests it might be like a ghost who had like something bad happen to them in that time of year. Another person suggests maybe it's a migratory monster, but no one is like responding with like, I know exactly what kind of creature that is, you know. Based on the social media searching that we did last night, I'm going to get some names of like other high schoolers in the area or or other like names of people in the town that we could also talk to or name drop if people ask why we're here. And we could be like, oh, we're distant relatives of so-and-so. See if we can get like a, a principal of the school's name. If we are going the private investigator route, it will seem like we were given all of this information up front to come investigate. Mm-hmm. And hope we solve it before anyone investigates those claims. Anyone we talk to will just have to say that someone else hired us. And then if we talk to those people, like, oh, no, this person hired us. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's classic PI stuff. I just had an idea. Instead of saying that someone hired us to say that we heard about this case and we were interested enough to come check it out, there's less lying and less things to be caught on. And it's more plausible. We're, we're telling the truth. We heard about this case and we're coming here to try and help solve it. Actually, Raven, you could message Max under like the very real pretense of, hey, I would like to learn more about this and I would like to write a story about this or do an article about this. Would you be interested in answering some questions for us? Could I do it from an angle of the blog itself? Yeah, right. Yeah, if you put it in the in the light of like this is since you're clearly interested in this blog and interested in stories and approach it from an angle of we're writing about this kind of thing as opposed to we are serious investigators. Yeah, I'll think about it and try to draft a message to send them to make it seem real official. I've got a few accounts on here of varying degrees of importance, so I can find one that's high enough up that they know I'm legit, but maybe not the top one, I don't want to spook them. Yeah. I like this. I'll think about it while we're while we're driving and I'll I'll send it before we get there. Right. I think it's a low stakes way to gauge their interest in talking to other people about it. And if they ghost me, then you know, we'll know to maybe be careful approaching them because they're skittish, but all right. Who's ready for a county fair? What time do y'all get going in the morning? Early. I need an actual time. Oh, God. Um, on the road by 8? Yeah, listen, Whitaker said we're, get, we're leaving at 7, knowing we wouldn't leave till 8. Okay. Around 7 or so, there is a knock on the trailer door. Damien's awake. Uh, Damien, you open the door and Ray is standing outside. 
and they're looking confused and kind of like unsure of themselves. And they say, I, uh, I was riding with Ellie and Brad. We were leaving real early. Uh, did they ditch me? Oh no. I wound up here somehow. Uh, could I get a ride to the fair? No worries. I, I think you, uh, you might be with us for a while and that's totally cool. Yeah. Welcome aboard. Thanks, man. I don't think they would have ditched you. I think it's one of those you went with them and then teleport reset back here. Oh boy. I don't like that one bit. Your Felicity from the back be like, it happens to the best of us. It's okay. Come on in. <laughs> Felicity, how does this keep happening? Uh, well, they said they'd protect me. I, I kind of figured they'd end up back here. I just wanted them to uh, at least try to follow their hopes and dreams, but here we are. Well, we have a whole bunch of good people here that are interested in a chef. Let me tell hey, you. Hey, you want to be a secret agent? <laughs> hey, shh, shh, sh- hey, no, stop. <laughs> We're going to the county fair anyway. We're heading there on our own. You can absolutely ride with us. I will appreciate a ride to the fair. We'll figure out whatever, I guess, when that job is done. If you don't mind me working a weekend, just it would be nice to do something kind of normal. Yeah, of course. Okay. I'll wait in the truck. (laughs) They just go and sit in the back. Oh, poor thing. If we're at the fair, maybe they can still do some work if we're in the vicinity and they won't poof anywhere closer to us. We can give it a shot. Everyone who's been awake and talking, you see that Aiden and Hugo are like sharing the fold out couch because she didn't want to wake Whitaker up again when she came back. <laughs> oh, I'm assuming a day the two of them are zonked <laughs> out cold. We'll give them 20 more minutes yeah, before we they, they, they can sleep in. Mm-hmm. We'll get everything else ready to go before we wake them up. Make them some blueberry pancakes or some something real nice like that. We'll put some on a plate. And take a fork and bring it up to Ray in the truck so they can have some too. Oh, of course. Of course. I was going to say we should put Ray to work and start getting some cooking done so I don't have to. No, they're going through it, Damien. Let them eat their pancakes. All right. You guys head to Pecatonica, which is where my uncle and aunt currently live and where I spent a lot of summers (laughs) as a kid. So this is pulling directly from the Natalie lore. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah, and just for fun, I'll read the little blurb about it that I read when I did this as a one-shot encounter. Pecatonica, Illinois, a small rural town in northwestern Illinois that has all the charms, benefits, and detriments of being a farming community in the middle of the country. Very few chains have shown up to push out local businesses, and as such, most restaurants, grocers, and other storefronts are still locally owned operations. The locals are generally friendly, but can be suspicious of particularly strange-looking or acting folks who show up without a convincing reason for being in town. Fortunately, it's the height of summer, and the Winnebago County Fair draws plenty of -of out-of-towners in to enjoy the festivities and delights of animal husbandry, produce and baking competitions, and gut-churning carnival rides. Pair all of this with a banquet of fried and sugared foods guaranteed to provide Bouts of adrenaline-mitigated indigestion to all those lacking the most country-hardened constitutions. Most businesses close after nine, but the fairgrounds remain open until midnight, while gas stations and diners are a reliable source of quieter late-night refreshment. 
You can find places to rest weary bones, road dusty vagabonds, and far stranger things than the errant hitchhiker. You arrive in town. It's a very quaint, you know, little Midwestern town. It's even got like a, a, a main drag with like old building storefronts still. They've all been renovated to be more, a little more modern, but it has that like feel. And you can see signs all over town directing you fairgrounds or Winnebago Fair and big red arrows pointing. So if you're not going to stop anywhere and just go directly there, you can do that. And I would think it'd be fairly easy to locate Ellie and Brad's food truck. Easy enough to find parking. You can explore the fair. What do you guys want to do? A couple ground rules before we leave the truck. No one goes anywhere alone. Don't give out your real name. We need to all be using the same alibi for stuff. Cool? I'll say that on the way down here, you guys did a little bit more research on like the actual missing persons case. Um, so just to remind you, the girl who went missing, her name is Cassie Mayer, uh, or she just graduated. Her parents are worried and the local law enforcement are trying to find leads. Did you reach out to um, actually, Raven? Yes. Pretty soon after we left Milwaukee, <clears throat> Raven sent a message to Max. Basically what we talked about of like, hey, I, I like work for the blog. I'm trying to gather stories. Maybe say like, we've been seeing similar accounts from different areas and we're trying to pull them all together and see if this website can maybe solve this together, mm. like for the world and kind of make it seem like this extra big deal. Yeah, just the fact that it's your account commenting, being like, I'd love to know more. You know, a couple hours go by, but then there's this like huge wall of text reply. Not train of thought, but just like spewing facts and like more details. Oh my gosh, I would love any help you can provide. No one else has been able to offer me any concrete leads or anything. In my research, I noticed that everyone else who went missing always happened a little later than this. So Cassie going missing when she did, which was like a few days ago, is an anomaly within this anomaly of someone or some people's always going missing around this time of year because it happened before it normally has. Oh, it happened earlier. It happened earlier okay. than the other cases over the past few years. And so they're like, so I don't know what that means, but also it doesn't make sense because all of the other people who ran off, they chalked it up to people joining the carnies and like running off with the circus, kind of. Okay. And Cassie wouldn't do that. That doesn't seem like her. And I don't, I don't know why everyone is sort of assuming the same thing. Raven's going to thank them for all the information and then also float like, is it okay if I dig through the other stuff on your account? Like kind of just asking permission, like, can I do a little bit of research on you? Are you giving me permission to look more into this? Are you okay with that? Yeah, they send back a, a reply. I'm happy to share any more information that I can. As like a final message to be like, we may be in the area soon. And so I will keep you updated. As just like a little warning of like, we might meet, but we'll see. She just want to freak her out and be like, we're on our way right now. Make a charm roll. Oh boy. Why would you do this? You have three hours to prepare. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to freak her out too much. I'm specifically having you do this because of how you just phrased that. With all the question marks? 
No, where you said we. Oh, shit. Well, <laughs> I did say I was with the blog. You did, but the, like... I totally agree. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's a nine total. I'm with the blog squad. Are you having anyone spell check your messages? Raven's definitely reading all of Max's replies out to the car, just so everyone is up to date on all this information. Raven, you need to put in some emojis. I'm trying to be professional. No, you don't want to be too professional. You have to let your guard down a bit. There's like one emoji. All right. Uh, hating on him four. <laughs> Yikes. I was going to have her suggest something, but uh, she will not. <laughs> she suggests the exact opposite. <laughs> what I think it's going to be is that she suggests, I think you should just be honest with them. They seem worried about their friend. What are the pros and cons of being fully honest? Because I agree and I think that could be a good thing. Is there anything bad that could happen from telling this high schooler with a missing friend the truth about us? There absolutely is. The vague truth, obviously. They don't need to know everything, but... Yes, there absolutely is a bad side to this, and I cannot tell you what that is because Aiden failed. <laughs> yep, no, that's... That's fair. Don't at me, anybody, okay? She's a character. She's making decisions. No, that was that was valid. It sucks that I don't have a character voice because that was supposed to be in character. Like, hey, everyone, pros and cons. How do we feel about this? Gotcha, yeah. Raven's not going to be honest about us unless she gets permission from the group because we'd previously established aliases and all that, so. Yep, Aiden says, if we're trying to help this person, why are we lying to them? Lying's fun and it's good to practice. Damien. We don't have to tell them the whole truth, but I mean, we're kind of moving towards it that we're a group of people who can possibly help them and are interested in the case that's happening. I think Raven told them more truth than I would have. What what other truth could we possibly say that we are professionals in the industry? As opposed to just journalists, I guess? That we actually have experience with the supernatural? All this to say, Raven, that because you got a mix on your charm roll, you don't get replies from Max again. After me saying we might be in the area? Yes, they go silent. Okay, that's fair. Cool, 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 cool. Now that is something we can also tell them once we meet them and get a better idea of how legit this all is, how they actually feel about it all, because, I don't know, I feel like a lot of emotion is lost over text. Well, now also, if we find them because we found their Instagram, then it's weird if we approach them about it. Yeah, it's already kind of muddy. We did cyberstalk them a little bit, but I said we're going to be in the area anyway, and I tried to make it seem like we're not coming specifically for this, that we just happen to be around, so we'll come through and check on it. We'll see. Also, secrecy is kind of our whole thing right now. We really can't compromise that. That's what got us in trouble the past couple times. I think we should wait and try to meet this kid and get her vibe in person. Because if she freaks out, she freaks out. And if she's super cool about it, then we'll go from there. I, I think we can't speculate too much more if she's not going to respond. And there are plenty of other people we can get information about this on without having to go to Max directly. Yeah, I mean, are we going to talk to the local authorities about the missing girl? 
yes, I have a list of groups of people to investigate and I need everyone to choose which one they're going to do. We have Max and other high schoolers. Raven, maybe Felicity, you guys both are delightful people to talk to, look very trustworthy and... Yeah, I'm down to do that one. Parents and teachers, uh, authorities or, or the sheriffs or the people who have logistical information on this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then the carnies, right? Because if this is something that happens around the carnival, we gotta talk to the carnies. So, pick your poison. Mayor. Whoever the biggest, most richest, powerful person in town is. Damien, you are going to talk to the Connies. <laughs> the mayor making an appearance at Pecatonic is like, it's not really a big deal. <laughs> is he just a guy? Natalie, is he just a guy? He's just a guy. There's the, the mayor, he shows up to be like master of ceremonies for like ribbon cutting. And maybe he emcees the kids goat riding competition. Like... He's there in a very local sense, <laughs> and he's not rich. I like that Damien thinks this is the guy. <laughs> it's very good for Damien. I'll tell you right now, the mayor's not going to have a lot of good information. <laughs> I for feel you. like it would be amazing if Damien went to go see the mayor. I think that would be <laughs> yeah. perfect. All right, we'll put it this way: Whitaker tells Damien, "Go talk to the carnies." Damien can do whatever he wants. Hey, Whitaker. Do you mind if I go talk to the carnies? You can absolutely talk to the carnies. There's plenty of us here. We can we can double up on things. Okay. I've always wanted to go to a carnival and never really got the chance. Yeah. I was wondering. Wait a minute. When that Hang might on. Come up. <laughs> wow, I hate this so much. <laughs> wow. Uh, You're I welcome. loaded that gun myself and forgot yeah. about it. And pointed it at all of us. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then said, here you go, Jay, pull the trigger. <laughs> oh. Wow, Hugo, that makes me like unbelievably sad for some reason. I can't really quite pinpoint, despite it being such a mundane statement. You need to work on that. So Hugo and Damien are going to go talk to some of the local carnival workers. I guess Adam will go with Whitaker. Who are you going to talk to? Probably the authorities, right? That seems like his whole deal. Sure. Whitaker and Aiden could do kind of a two-pronged thing of like, Whitaker tries to talk to them, not in an official agent way, but kind of like, I'm interested in this and I want to know what's going on. And Aiden come in as like a concerned mom citizen of like, I'm so worried about my children. Like, is there anything you can tell me? Just throwing it out there. That could be interesting. I do need to come up with a way to get information from the authorities that doesn't involve saying, I'm Agent Whitaker of the Eastie Agency, like <gasps> usual. Maybe you're a concerned dad. Maybe I'm a concerned dad. That'd be funny. It's a small town. Maybe they'll just talk to you. I think the major thing to decide is pick your persona. Yeah. Are you a journalist? Are you a detective? Are you a private investigator? And then like trace your motivation back from there. I think out of all of these, I feel like just saying I'm a PI is the most appropriate one out of all of these and, and would be the most likely to get info, but oh, fuck, dude, I don't. They did it knives out. You're allowed to be a private investigator paid by a wealthy off-screen gentleman who wishes to remain anonymous. Maybe we should just talk to parents and teachers first and then say we got hired by them. Then we have their names and like, a point of contact. That is a good idea. 
I was just going to suggest someone else do their scene first while I think of a better idea, but that that's uh, fine. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, we don't have to do them first, but yeah, so... Raven, let's go talk to the kids. Yeah, go around the carnival. I will say that Ray, like, once you guys get to the fair itself, reconnects with Ellie and Brad, and they were like, yeah, we stopped to get gas, and you, like, vanished on us. We thought, well, all right, they decided not to come, but yeah, it's fine. I mean, do you still want the job? You want the gig? Ray is just like, I very much do. Sorry, I something came up, and I had to go back. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm here, and I would love to work the truck with you. Oh, yeah, come on. All right, I'll show you how to make the, uh, you know, fruit and toast. And so <laughs> Ray is safely doing that uh, until further notice, just to keep the number of NPCs I have to play down a little bit. Raven and Felicity, you guys are around the carnival. Do, like, are you seeking out? Like, are you literally on the haunt for Max? Or are you going to try no, and... No, absolutely not. We are playing it cool first. Just go into a carnival then. Well, speak for Raven. I am actively looking for Max. Not in like a, I'm not talking to anybody else, but I am, if we are talking to people, like looking around, got to see if they're nearby. Yeah, I'm keeping an eye out, but if we see them, I'm avoiding them, if anything, at first. I have like a couple things I want to check off just going around the place of like, do we see a lot of high schoolers around? Actually, yeah, let me premise this with how many people have actually gone to a county fair? I have. As characters or as people? As people. Many times. Yes. Okay. The Winnebago County Fair is set up very much like other county fairs. There is a dining community hall where there's like basic kitchens set up where they put out hamburgers, hot dogs, chicken sandwiches, tenders, that sort of thing. And like have displays of people's competition things like you grew the best squash, you made a cool painting of your horse. You know, there's an art exhibit. Knitted the best quilt. There's three major livestock barn stables that have pens full of rabbits and chickens and ducks and pigs and sheep and cows and horses. There's all sorts of animals on display, people competing to be like, I raised the best duck this year, you know, whatever. I want to know about that NPC, <laughs> the person who wins best duck. There's the grandstands, which has a racing track for like a monster truck derby sometimes, but they also have- There has to be a tractor pull. Yes, there is. What are they called? Like a go-kart race. You're literally just describing the Washington County Fair, which is the one that I always go to. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so there's all those things. And I will say that I know where Max is at the fair. You have to, like, explore the fair and discover where she's at. And that will basically translate down to you guys having fun at the fair. So <laughs> just say what you would like to do. And I will introduce the NPCs who are kind of scattered about like a big sandbox game of Clue, depending on where you guys go. I will grab Raven by the wrist. Listen, I know where all the kids hang out because... That's where I hang out. Let's go. And we're going to the rides. <laughs> the rides. Okay. The rides and the games. Cool. We can try it. All right. You go to the rides. They have the octopus. Of course. They have the ship that swings to a nearly 180 degree tilt. Mm -hmm. They have the teacups. They have bumper cars. They have one of those spaceship looking things that just like pushes you against the wall with centrifugal force. Do they have the swings? The swings, yes they do. Alternatively, or a Ferris wheel. They also have a Ferris wheel. They also have a like 
rock and roll themed just track and it just goes in a certain direction for a while and then reverses yeah, and, and then goes the other way <laughs> god i hated rise as a kid so these are giving me like visceral wow. memories right now <laughs> but yeah they have all these things i've been on some questionable fair rides there's got to be a fun house with a big slide there is a fun house yep there's a hall of mirrors there's all sorts of stuff so okay and there's like game booths like duck fishing and you know shoot and them pop in the know. balloons and yeah yeah all that stuff cool i'm gonna say hey we're gonna go to the swings first one because it's fun two because we can kind of get a 360 view of everybody here i like that swings and ferris wheel swings and ferris wheel awesome let's buy some tickets okay i was gonna think ferris wheel for the same thing get some pictures of the surrounding environment. So if people are looking for anyone in particular, it'll be easy for you to find them. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Felicity just wanted to go on the rides at first, and then she realized the advantage that she could have from going on the rides. It's all right. That's what just happened. <laughs> yep. Felicity, you, when you're on the Ferris wheel, because like, it's okay to say that the swings give you a bird's eye view. You're not looking or observing anything on that ride. No. The Ferris wheel, however. We're getting an okay idea of the layout of the fair. Yes. The Ferris wheel can kind of give us a little bit of the town. We can we can actually see. Yeah. Yeah. The guy operating the swings has sort of like the baldness where he's still got like a huge widow's peak in front, but then it kind of like goes in the sides mm. and just like scraggly stubble. Very tanned skin, lots of tattoos that are faded into just dark green ink on his skin. He's got a checkered shirt that's like half buttoned up, nothing underneath that. And then like the jeans that are like cinched at the waist with an ancient looking belt. And they have like extra pockets that make them look kind of baggy. Yeah, he's like, y'all got tickets? We bought tickets. Felicity bought the wristband. (laughs) (laughs) Just all day. Cool, you're good to go, yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have a good one. Hold on to the bar. Uh, and you slap in. Somebody in line, kind of behind you, being like, I changed my mind. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And the friend's like, no, go. Come on, come on. And the guy is just like flipping through the tickets they handed over. He's like, go on. She's not going to kill you. <gasps> I turn around and I'll say, come on. No, you're fine. I don't know you, but we're going on the swings. It's like a nervous looking guy and like two of his friends who are just like, come on, don't be a wimp. Like, let's go. I'm egging him on. I'm 100% like, we're going. We're going and you're going to love it. Yeah. Uh, Felicity, do you still have the sight? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, because that's the only way I can still see Ghosty and Tom all the time. Right. So there is something about this guy who is operating the, the rides. I'll say that he like has like a baseball cap on, but like it's hot out and he like takes it off to like wipe his brow and then puts it back on. And in the moment that he's doing that, you see both the pattern of his hair, but also two little goat horns kind of sticking out of the front of his head. To you, his beard's a little longer and curlier. As I'm walking on the ride, I'm gonna lean over and I'm gonna whisper to him, hey, my girlfriend's a fawn. And then I'll go on to the ride. Okay. You, you see him go. And he like swallowed his <laughs> chewing tobacco when you said that. Ew. <sighs> yeah, cool, cool, yeah, great. Uh, love is love, okay, yeah. <laughs> and I definitely said it quiet enough that nobody else could hear it. Like, just him. 
I just want him to know. <laughs> Amazing. But yeah, the swings are what they are. You can walk away from <laughs> there. You see this guy has a little name badge that says James on it if you want to like find him again later. Yeah. As we're leaving, I'm going to say, bye, James. I got to talk to you later. Is that okay? Uh, yeah, I'm working here. Not going anywhere. All right. Well, I'll come when it's a little less busy so we can actually have like a conversation. If that's okay. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. Bring me a lemonade. Of course. Regular or strawberry? Oh, regular. Yeah, classic. Okay. Goggle classic. Yeah. Of course. Of course. All right, cool. I'll be I'll be back uh, tonight. See you then. Okay. Yeah, see you then. All right. You leave James, the uh, Seder Carney. When you get to the Ferris wheel, you're looking around. You're looking out for trouble. Read a bad situation. One or both of you. I'll do it. Do you want me to wait and see if you need help? Yeah. I'll be fine. All my rolls can't be bad tonight, right? You say that. Eight. Nice. Okay. What's your question? Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? You see, as you're looking around, glancing at the different areas of the park, that there are what seem to be carnival security occasionally like posted up in certain places. They're riding around on these like motorbikes. You can see a couple of younger guys get into like uh, an argument and these uh, this pair of carnival security kind of ride up on their bikes and like break up this fight. Mm -hmm. That's a, a bit of trouble that you notice while you're on this ride. Okay. Okay. Raven, you want to do one too? Because that wasn't too good. <laughs> I rolled double ones. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that's a five total. Experience. It's real pretty up there. Yeah, you're not seeing anything strange about this carnival, Raven. And I have not a single clue where Max is. Nope. Let's check in with Whitaker and Aiden. Do you have your plan in place? Yeah, I think we're going to go by sort of maybe the dining area, because that seems to be the place where parents will be. They're probably not playing games unless they're really cool. Sure. The dining hall is also like the 4-H you know, exhibit mm -hmm. in any of your research on like Cassie Mayer, you hear in like the description of her model student, 4-H troop leader, all this like nice stuff that she did. So you think maybe somebody in that organization might know about her or have some information. When you say 4-H troop, what? Um... Oh, yeah, that's maybe a thing I have to explain. 4-H is like uh, not Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts, but kind of the same. It's like... Okay, but I literally haven't heard of this. Super popular in rural areas. Yeah. But gotcha. in the cities, no one's ever heard of it. But like Natalie said, it's rural skills. It's almost like a Boys and Girls Club where like they're doing like home ec, you know, community projects a lot of the time. I looked it up because I was curious. The four H's stand for head, heart, hands, and health. Yeah. Aww. It's just a very wholesome, yeah. It's a youth development program. Yeah. Very cute. And so like the hall has kids of all ages within the program and like the stuff they made for the fair is there. Some kids in 4-H have animals that they're literally raising to compete in the animal competitions, that kind of stuff. It's really weird coming from the middle of literally nowhere to think that people don't know what 4-H is. <laughs> because... I'm like, oh, yeah, 4-H, like the kids and their horses <laughs> and like the kids and their goats. Like, of course. Now, any listener who is also not from the Midwest or have experience knows. Yeah. No, yeah. It's basically like Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts for farming. All right. So I will say that when you get into the 4-H hall, you can see uh, there are a couple people in like 
what look to be uniforms. They've got a little four-leaf clover sewn on a um, pocket patch that they have. Aiden, what's your code name? Oh, geez. Um, Come on, we had like a whole drive to think up one. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like the intros that I panic over every week. Yeah, right. (laughs) Has Aiden ever used a fake name in all of her time traveling? Can't have possibly been Aiden Brightwood the entirety of your life. This is out of game. She will say, well, I, I went by Sophie when I was in France. Sophie what? Sophie, uh... Sophie Levine. Sure. You're Sophie Levine. I'm Lewis Feldman. We are PIs. Sounds good to me. All right. I actually love Levine because it's another, like, plant thing. Oh, nice. Um, Okay, yeah. So, yeah, we're going to approach one of the, um, uh, someone who looks like they're not already talking to someone. There's a, a woman talking to maybe what looks like a kid who's, like, excited about competing for the first time. But then their mom's like, all right, come on, we gotta go get some food. So they leave, and you can approach uh, this woman. Hi, can I help you? Yes, certainly. Pleasure to meet you. My name is uh, Lewis Feldman. Jenny Parker. Pleasure to meet you, Miss Parker. My, my colleague and I were in the area. We had heard about a missing persons case that had popped up recently on our radar. Yes, uh, young Cassie. You're detectives? We are detectives, yes. Private investigators, in fact. And we've worked with several missing persons cases before. We noticed similarities with some other cases we've done, and we were wondering if perhaps you might like to employ our services on the matter. We know there's a lot of concerned parents in the area, and we were hoping we might be able to help you in this. Right. Well, I I can't personally hire a a detective as much as I might like to for, for Cassie. You should maybe talk to the sheriff. I would assume he would have reached out to, you know, Maybe Rockford or one of the bigger cities for some help. We've been in touch with the sheriff and we were hoping we could talk to some of the people who are a little closer to the event, some parents, some people within the community to hear more about Cassie and get to know who she is and and where she might have gone or what might have happened to her. Right. Yeah, of course. Roll, roll manipulate, Whitaker. I know. God, shit. It's a seven. Okay. They'll do it, but for like only if you say something to prove that you mean it. I'll have Aiden chime in and help you out here. She says, if you could tell us the last time you saw Cassie, then we'll start to put together a case uh, and present it when we talk to the sheriff later this afternoon. Jenny says, yeah, of course. Um, I uh, actually saw Jenny the, the day she, well, as far as anyone knows, the day she disappeared. She was part of the volunteer troop cleaning up the grandstands. I had to get home and make dinner. But she and some of the other, you know, young folks were were wrapping up, and, and that was the last time I saw her personally. It's scary to think about, but whatever it was, must have happened that night. Uh, what what day was that? Did she say? Like a few days ago, when people were picking up the grandstands to like prep for the fair, basically just like collecting old trash and things, and like sweeping the stairs and and making it a nice presentable uh, seating area. Last weekend, we'll say, and it's like Friday. Like she's been missing a few days. Maybe that Sunday was when it happened. All right. Aiden will pipe up. She says, do you know if any of the other people who are cleaning with her are around that we could talk to? And Jenny says, oh, yeah, a lot of them have part-time jobs here around the fair. I mean, her boyfriend's over at the the mess hall working in the kitchen. So uh, you could go talk to him. Before we got here, did we ever get the names of like the other people who went missing? Uh, the other people who went missing went missing like previous. 
yeah, years previous, you could have looked them up, but there's no pattern. I thought there was a pattern and that was the whole point. There's a pattern in that someone goes missing every year, but there's okay. like nothing to connect the people who went missing. Gotcha. Uh, other than them being generally young people. Okay, yeah. And like the people don't know each other. There seems to be no connection between them. Yeah, they don't know each other. They're not related. They're not all in the band. Right. Yeah, no. Is it every single year? Every single year in recent memory, someone or someones have gone missing. And it's generally younger people, high school to early college age. No one's dad has gone missing. Nobody's mom or like kid have gone missing. And that's why everyone thinks they're just running away. And that's why there's no super freaking out about it. Yes. Sure. Because that seems real weird. It, it is. It's really weird. It's really freaky. But again, it's sort of like, well, someone just runs off with the carnies every year. Like, what are you going to do about it? And then this year, it was before the fair even started, she disappeared. Yes. Okay. That's what's extra strange about this case. Yeah. Because the carnies are still in town. If she ran off with them, she should be somewhere. They would find her. Yeah, it was, it was more like, I was wondering if I could get details of the other disappearances, but if it would be just weird to bring them up. Yes, it, it both would be. And also, like, in the missing persons report, none of the other missing cases are linked to this. That's a connection that um actually made, not the officials. Right, so it would not make sense to bring it up here. Yeah, that's more because they're looking at it from a, is something weird happening, maybe? There's no information in this pattern to suggest that there's a connection between the people who've gone missing. It's just the fact that someone goes missing. Is there a solstice around now or is it just like a regular Monday, Tuesday? Uh, yeah, no, it's not a okay. time of year type of thing. He's going to ask Jenny, um, her, her boyfriend's name, uh, what was it? Uh, his name's Kyle, Kyle Hunter, and he's, uh, he's working dish over at Moss Hall. Uh, are her parents around? I imagine they might come by, but I don't think they're spending a lot of time having fun at the fair. Of course, of course. They've been real tore up over it. I mean, we all are. We're worried about her. Absolutely. All right, well, thank you for your help. And I I hope we get this uh, solved as soon as possible. Yeah, I appreciate y'all looking into it. Thank you. Hugo and Damien, where are you guys headed? Because if you say to talk to carnies, then like, it's kind of a broad thing. It's like, what part of the fair are you going to in order to have an interaction? So where are we off to? Well, we have options. There's a bunch of carnies all around us. We probably need to be a bit more specific and we'll probably want to know what we want to actually ask them. Well, we can probably walk around, play some games and talk, say hi as we go. I mean, there is an information booth. If you guys want to just go ask someone who's like a fair official about the fair. And get wristbands. And get wristbands. <laughs> <laughs> so you go to a white kiosk where you can buy tickets and get maps of the fairgrounds. And there's a uh, just a guy in a, a clean white button up with some like blue stripes down it. Uh, and he's talking to some people, but then they walk away and he says, Ah, what can I do for you? Welcome to the Winnebago County Fair. Can I help you with some tickets or a map? I'm Mike, and I'm here to get some uh, wristbands and tickets for my friend and I. All right, absolutely. That'll be uh, 15 for the day. Perfect. Sounds good. So cheap. Thank you. And maps. Y'all here looking for rides mostly, or uh, 
you know, we got the food alley. We, we got tons of, you know, you want an elephant ear or a doughboy, something like that. My friend here has never been to a carnival before, so I'm trying to give him the, the full experience and hit as many things as possible. Oh, you got to do everything then. Yeah, I recommend you head over to the pork shack, get yourself a, you know, a nice uh, pork chop sandwich. And uh, you might want to check out the barn, see some of the animals. And uh, yeah, I mean, we got the we got some performances uh, in like the localized. You know, we got like a magic act. There's a, a monster uh, exhibit. You know, there's going to be some horse riding at the grandstands later on. So excellent. Hey, uh, level with me. Is is there anything that we should just avoid? Anything that's not really worth it? Honestly, the, the uh, gosh, I feel Awful saying this, but I've never found the art exhibit to be very stimulating. Hey, no worries. Teach their own. Because you're a couple of, of adults, right? I mean, I, you don't recognize you. You're not from town. So, like, you don't need to go see Annie's kids drawing of their cat. I understand. I appreciate that. Like, some of it's cute, but, like, if you've never been to a carnival, you could you could pass on that. I understand. Thank you. I look over at uh, Hugo. Do you have any questions? Where's the fried food? Where's the monster exhibit? Those sound pretty awesome. You're going to want to head down that alley there and then take a left and hook over two intersections. Wait, is, is, is this like a monster exhibit like what I'd see if I was in Texas and I was just like going to things on like the corner store or something? Or what, what kind of thing is this? He, he like takes a map and points on the map and you see it says, Dr. Leland's traveling menagerie of wondrous and fearsome critters. Yo, <laughs> we got to go to this. Done. Carpe diem. Lead the way. All right. Uh, are you heading directly there? Or are you going to get some fried food first? <laughs> got to get the food first, of course. Okay. There's any kind of fair food you want. <laughs> Deep fried Oreos. I don't really eat, so just treat me as extra hands to hold stuff so we can stockpile up for the monster exhibit. So we really stock up on <laughs> Oreos and yeah, Oreos. Meat on the stick. You can get a, a corn dog. The funnel cake. Yep, cinnamon sugar. You can add on yourself afterwards. God, I'm hungry. <laughs> 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 but uh, once you have some food, you head over and you see there is this big sign with flashing bulb lights around it. Carnival music is playing this entire time, but it gets louder as you get over here. And there is a gentleman in a red suit with like a white and red striped lining to the jacket. He has white gloves, almost like a uh, ringmaster at the circus and a top hat that is black with a red ribbon and a cane that he is mostly using to just like point and gesture wildly. Step right up, folks. Step right up. Dr. Leland Loveland's paranormal extravaganza. Monsters and a traveling menagerie of wondrous critters await you within the walls of this menagerie here. And, you know, there's signs on the side that say, like, the ape boy and, like, the mermaid of Fiji. And it's just like all, you know, the classic, like... Like oddities? Yeah. Lovers of the strange and unusual, step right up. Wristband holders, enter for your daily, you know, <laughs> allotment or four tickets will get a sight at the wonders that await inside. Oh boy, we've got our wristbands. We're ready to go. You walk in through the doors with a group of like four other people. You go in six at a time. Dr. Loveland's voice comes on over like an intercom as you go through, as he's like stepped into a, a narration booth, basically, as part of this exhibit. 
and most of what you see is like bad taxidermy of like animals that are like stuck together in weird ways to make monsters. Hugo, you're like a little bit disappointed because it's so much of it is such smoke and mirrors that you're like, oh, well, this is dumb. You're used to the real thing. But you get to nearly finished with the exhibit and there's this one last stall and there's this like creature in there. It looks very wrinkly and misshapen. It's got like a little, not quite elephant trunk, but like a short little like snout. It's got little hairs poking out all over its body. It almost looks like a, an ugly tapir. And it is sitting there kind of all hunched up in the corner. And Dr. Leland, who's been going on about like, there you see the ape boy, a fearsome monster, which we gathered from the Panama Canal. Like, you know, just going on and on and describing all these strange creatures, uh, most of which are fake. Then he gets to the last one and he says, witness the terrifying, the magnificently awful, the squonk. Yes, I knew it. This creature that's like sitting in the corner, snuffling around on the ground, looks up, sees all of you there and its eyes, which are huge, the size of, you know, teacups or dinner plates, at least. The pupils constrict and tears start to well up on the sides of its eyes. <laughs> and it just goes. <laughs> we need to save him. As it starts to cry, the tears that emit from its eyes start to melt itself. And its whole body just starts to like bubble and hiss and melt and and it melts into this gross puddle of just goo that's like steaming on the ground now. And then there's like a burst of colorful smoke and Dr. Loveland steps out of a, a side door and says, Tell your friends of the wonderful and strange attractions which you saw here at the Traveling Menagerie! And then opens a door to the outside. Step right this way, please, folks. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Come back again. As you are. Yes, of course. Uh, wrist holders, you can come back if you'd like. We're, we're going to come back tonight. Don't worry. He's, Damien's trying to like make sure that Hugo doesn't do anything aggressive. <laughs> I was going to say, can we please all agree we're saving that creature? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're getting it out of there. All right. Not that Hugo's actually doing anything abnormal, but Damien's like, oh, shit. Well, that's that's what you experience in the traveling menagerie. Oh, so good. Mm -mm. Do you want to like snoop around? Are you doing? Are you gonna just move on? Do you try and like talk to Doctor Loveland at all? Mm, I got nothing. I feel like we'll just come back tonight and break out the swank. I don't <laughs> think Doctor Loveland is particularly connected to kidnapping people. He'd have a more impressive collection if you know he got a fresh person every year. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. He goes back and like does the same song and dance to like draw in another crowd of six and get them to go through. You see, as Dr. Loveland is like preparing to go perform again, a guy with a baseball cap and a checkered shirt that's loosely buttoned and thick baggy jeans comes over and just passes him a note and then continues down the alleyway munching on a corn dog. We're following the note giver, right? Oh, absolutely. Awesome. Act under pressure, I guess, to tail this guy. And notice some more things about him. Oh, that's how you get double sixes. Hmm. You two are very easily able to stealthily track someone because this is a county fair and no one here is like trying to hide their tracks, really. 
<laughs> I'll say because you rolled so well, Damien, you notice that like rather than chuck the stick that the corn dog was on, this guy just eats it. <laughs> he just chomps down on it and devours it. Yeah, well, no one is looking, but like, you know, he's just kind of like biting through the whole corn dog and stick altogether. And you see he also makes a loop over and talks to a pair of these like security people. If you want to actually eavesdrop, I'll need another act under pressure from you or Hugo or both of you. I mean, I enjoy rolling, but if a day you want to give Hugo some some action. Yeah, why don't you roll, Hugo? Since we'll call it a two-part stealth mission, right? And Damien got you through the first half. But we only got a nine on the second half. Hugo, you're watching them chat a little bit. You walk maybe a little too close and you catch the man in the ball cap saying, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm worried about uh, Dr. Loveland. He's, uh, you know, people are starting to talk, you know, about the exhibit. And I think uh, rumors are traveling fast in the small town. This uh, woman on one of the motorbikes just says, keep it quiet, James. We'll figure out what we can do to sort of help the doctor. And then they catch your eye, Hugo. Can I help you? Oh, yes. Sorry. You all work here, right? She shoots a look over her buddy who's also on a, a bike and he pulls it up alongside of you. Yeah, we work here. We're security. It's rude to eavesdrop. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a cultural anthropologist and I've been trying to build up an understanding of fairs and such. There's a lot of history to places like this and I'm trying to get information from anyone I can. Okay. They just do a loop around you on their bike and then we go and join the other person. And James just says, yeah, doing research. Um, maybe um, uh, as somebody who cares. And he flips you off and puts his hand in his pockets and struts away. And the uh, two people on the bikes give you like dirty looks like, stay out of trouble, sir. And they drive away down one of the alleys. I'm going to start doing some dumb stuff. Oh, let's go. I'd like to actually run up to James as he's walking away and ask him, look, I, I know that carny culture is kind of tight knit. That you guys don't really like to talk to people about stuff, but is there any way I can convince you to at least tell me a little bit about this place? Like, you must have been doing this for years, right? Roll manipulate. And that's the danger we're looking for. With a seven. A seven. You gotta say something to get him to agree to this. Or if you think there's anyone else here that would at least give me the time of day. I don't got a lot of money. I could help out, do some work for you guys. You're looking for a, like a job kind of thing? If that's what it takes to get you to talk to me a little bit, yes. If that will help me understand carny culture even better, absolutely. He kind of like glowers at you. He's like, buy me a drink, find out. Okay, what do you drink? He likes lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> Tenuous peace offering. You're going to buy James lunch. And Damien, you're, you're coming with, I would think. Yep. Sticking close by. I want to just check in with Raven and Felicity one more time to see what your guys' next move is. Uh, we haven't gone to the Ferris wheel yet, right? No, we did. Oh, that's right. We both got bad roles to look around. Oh, yeah. We were just shitty at going on the Ferris wheel. That's all but, like, it It's also a fair. Like, I, I understand wanting to, like, get the lay of the land, but, like, you can't identify anybody on a Ferris wheel, especially something you don't know all that well. So it's not like I was going to be like, you see them! <laughs> like... <laughs> 
It was more of a, is there anything particularly weird about the surrounding area that we notice or like getting a layout of the fair, but we both did so bad that it doesn't matter. And also, I'll tell you right now, there was nothing weird. It's the fair. So like, it's weird in that like fairs look kind of strange. Like they're not, you know, ordinary architecture and that sort of thing. But there wasn't any like gaping maw in the earth. Like, you know, it's just like, you're in a fair, looked like a fair. There's lights and colors yeah. and songs and people laughing and puking and eating a lot of unhealthy food. I was also kind of wondering, like, do we see where the carnies stays? They're like a little camper section. Like that kind of thing. That was the kind of yeah. layout stuff I was thinking of. There's maybe like a refreshment tent that says like staff only on it. Okay. And other than that, there's some trailers parked a little outside yeah. of where the grounds of the fair are. But nothing that we get any kind of read on. Yeah. Okay. It would just look That's like fair. a bunch of tents and trailers. So. All right. We did bad at looking. It's fine. <laughs> Raven, would you like to do anything to try and further your investigation? My only inkling of an idea is to go look at I feel like the only place we haven't really looked at is like the animals area just to give a quick look around and see if we see Max yeah based on my my list of things at the fair you guys have not done anything at the barns you have not done anything with like food and refreshment you haven't gone to the competition hall and you haven't gone to the grandstands Technically, I feel like Damien and Hugo got food. So they were like through that area. But we went to the outdoor stands for food. And I think Natalie was referring to the cafeteria for food. Yeah. Okay. We haven't seen like half of the fair yet. Yeah. So I think we should take a little walk and just keep an eye out. Just just browse the animal area and see. Yeah. We haven't seen them at like the rides and games. So I'm thinking where else do like, mm-hmm. where do the youths like to go? Let's look at the animals. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, you can head by the animals. How do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> <laughs> Just roll a sharp check, Raven. I rolled double twos. Raven. I picked up this dice that had just rolled double ones and I gave them a good roll around in my hands and they rolled me double twos. But that is... That's a seven total, so not the worst. Seven. All right. At least it's a mix. You're around the barn area, and there is a bit of a commotion outside one of the like horse stalls as a bunch of people sort of flock over there. And you can see this girl. She's got honey blonde hair in like big styled curls, very done up. She's in a pageant dress with a little sash across that says like Queen of the Fair on it. And she is doing a photo op with a horse uh, in one of the stalls. There's a couple of like dudes who seem to be like hanging around her and like holding stuff for her. Like not quite assistants. Like they just look like they might be dudes who go to school with her. Yeah, you see people calling out basically like, Julia, Julia, over here. Julia, smile. Okay, work it. Yes. All right. We love it. Amazing. Pachydonica times. We're going to be on front page, baby. And she's pageant glamming it up, doing the little wave and the pose and the little kick out of the heel. Someone comes up and they look like they're maybe another kid from the high school. And they say, Julia, do you have a comment on your recent breakup with Kyle Hunter? You see briefly the mask of perfect congenial pageant queen flickers 
you know, she she just like makes a sour kind of expression and then goes back to smiling and she says, I don't like to discuss personal matters in a public space. Thank you all. Thank you. Goodbye. And just sort of leaves. Uh, and the two guys who are with her make a very intimidating entourage and they head out of the barn. Hmm. I hate that we just, I learned something that I yeah. don't know is important yet. I know. That's all I can give you <laughs> on a seven. <laughs> no, that's good. I'm trying to figure out ways to share that with the group without metagaming. But we'll mm-hmm. see. We'll get there. Yeah, we get there. I think that y'all can regroup uh, at some point today and sort of like discuss where you're all at. I feel like Raven would send out a text to the whole group being like, hey, meet back at the trailer at like a couple hours from the current time. Plan to have everyone regroup privately and we'll all talk about it and share our information. And once he goes back with the group, he drops his happy facade. Mm-hmm. All right, here, here's the thing we can do. Hugo, James leads you over to one of the food stalls that says Pacatonica Pork Shack. You know, people are walking away with a sandwich that is essentially just like a hard crust roll with a pork chop and either applesauce or like grilled onions on it. And then there's like a condiment station. He comes up to the window. Yeah, uh, two pork sandwiches and a couple of beers. Are you actually going to eat anything? Nah, I'm good. I already ate some stuff anyway, but I owe you, so it's on me. Cool. And Hugo, the girl at the counter, says, Uh, yeah, that'll just be like a second. Um, hang on. And then a few minutes later, they come back to the window. Uh, Hugo, that's, uh, 20 bucks. He's paying money. And Hugo, when you go to pay the girl at the counter, you see she has dark brown hair covering half her face. And you have successfully located where Um Maxually might be at the county fair. <laughs> yes! Truly by narrative happenstance, because I do not know what was going on tonight. That's where we went our session. <laughs> what? <laughs> Give us a county fair, we're gonna go fucking haywire. I don't know what you want from us. It's wild. I feel like, Natalie, you handed us what should have been a very straightforward mystery, and we all just went, ah. <laughs> hey, there's a missing person. You could go talk to anyone you want at the fair. You gave us an open world game, and it was too much. Too much to do. We panicked. <laughs> I talked to people, it's not well. <laughs> I, I called it early on. I was like, oh, look, we're actually going to play Monster of the Week today. <laughs> Terrifying. We've got a monster Don't mystery. Don't ever do that to us again. I'm sorry. No, it's perfect. Gosh. I love it. We're doing it. our best. Listen, y'all can plan and figure out how the heck you're going to put these pieces together and maybe keep questioning people next time we play. I feel like we finally have a handle on what we need to do now. <laughs>